Welcome to the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton, and welcome to another podcast where we've got loads to get through on a day which is dominated, of course, by the news of Rafa Benitez's appointment. We've got two separate shows where we'll be getting discussions on the Rafa Benitez appointment. Firstly, I've got myself joined by Callum Brannan and Connor Williams. Uh, we'll be having a discussion about the Benitez appointment, and then that will be followed by some further talk on the topic by Thomas Robertson and Mike from the Unholy Trinity. They're going to be on later on. But first, we'll get straight into it with our topics and the discussion about Benitez's appointments on immediate ideas. We've got myself, Connor and Callum. We'll get straight into it. Welcome to discussion show that we all never thought we'd be having. It's myself and Connor Williams and Callum Brand, and we're going to be discussing the appointments of Rafa Benitez as Everton manager. Even Rafa Benitez, um, who we've all seen in many a red scarf here and there. Uh, we saw him holding the blue one up yesterday. It was officially announced that he's joined Everton to mixed, mixed reviews, to say the least. Uh, and I'm sure the views might even be mixed on this channel here. So we, you know, we've got Show here with myself and Connor and Callum. We'll see what our takes are. We'll start with you, Connor. What's your opinion on the Benitez appointment? Um, disappointed. Um, disappointed. I've said it a couple of times on the channel, uh, and I was reading the comments the other day and got told that to not to be so negative on the issue. Um, for me, it's not so much the Liverpool link, so it's just I feel like there were a couple of people last year that were saying Angelotti's style is too defensive, not enough balls in the box. And for me, I'm sort of, I'm a bit, I feel like we're going to get similar with Rafa Benitez, only he's not going to have the, he's Carlo Angelotti to his favour. He's going to have his Rafa Benitez to his disadvantage uh, and his Liverpool ties will then go against him. And um, uh, yeah, I just, I don't think he's going to play attacking fancy football. Um, I've heard a lot of Newcastle fans say he plays a 4-5-1. It's meant to be like a 4-2-3-1. Um, and then on top of he all does. that, I just... The fact that he's going to split this fan base straight down the middle and make it so toxic, not just at Goodison, but between fans as well, just screams a bad idea for me. The thing is, you say it's becoming toxic. It was already toxic, mate, if you ask <laughs> me. I think there's been plenty of that. You know, it's been it's been like this for years, mate. I mean, you know, there's been there was murder when it was sort of dying down at the end of the Martin as he there was murder when things were going Wrong for Ronald Koeman. There was obviously when Allardyce came in, there was it was very similar to this. It's, I think it's the very same. It's a very in the same sort of mantra. I think of um, Sam Allardyce's appointments. I think it's it it does take on that mantra. I think doesn't it of un, underwhelming manager who is generally not liked by the fan base, regardless of football and performance. It's also a personality problem. I think. With Allardyce, it may well have just been arrogance, but with Rafa, it's obviously the ties to the, the rivals and, of course, what he said while he was manager. Then we'll um, obviously got to touch on that. Callum, what's your take on this? I mean, 
do you think that the Liverpool ties are going to be the biggest stumbling block in all this? Or do you think fans will be warmed over if he puts in a, gets a decent sort of performance out of the squad? Yeah, I think it depends on what type of fan you are, really, because, you know, if you're some diehard Everton fan who's had a season ticket for 55 years, you might, you know, you might not like it because of the links to Liverpool, but in the end, it's something we've got to accept. And, you know, I'm not exactly on the side of get behind the manager no matter who it is, but I'm also at the side of he's come out in the interviews. He seems to want to work with the club. He wants to improve the club. You know, he's got a bad history with director of football's a director of football, but even he's come out and said, I'm willing to work with Marcel Brands. In his interviews, and I understand Carlo did this, he said all the right things. He's, you know, I'm not completely convinced on him yet, but I'm also willing to give him a chance because there's no point hiring a manager. And then, you know, there's people saying Rafa out already. At least let him make a few signings, play a few games first. I don't care if he came from across the park, to be honest with you. It's like I was saying this with, I think it might have been you, Connor, before. If we hired Brendan Rodgers, would we be complaining? No, we wouldn't. No. So, We've got to give him a chance first. And in the end, if in six, I think someone else said this similar. If in six months' time he hasn't got any results, then we can start complaining. But at least give him a chance to give us more reasons to complain first instead of just being extremely negative for no reason. But do you think he's already sort of starting a couple of blocks behind the starting line because of the Liverpool ties? I think it's going to make... I think, you know, if Ancelotti had three defeats in a row, I feel like it'd be given time. With Benitez, I feel like the knives will already be out. Uh, I think it depends what teams we lose to, doesn't it, really? Like, if we lose to Man City, Chelsea, Man United, we can't start <laughs> throwing things at his head. But if we lose to Southampton, Newcastle and uh, Norwich, then yeah, I understand it. But at the same time, you know, we all thought David Moyes were done at West Ham, didn't we? David Moyes is all... Everyone who said, oh, David Moyes is done has just been made to look like an idiot this season because he's clearly not. I think it's the idea of, you know, it's kind of the problem with Jose Mourinho is it's football's passed him by. But if Rafa's willing to learn and willing to adapt to new styles of football, then yeah, he might succeed. But we've got... It's just all about giving him a chance, really. We've got to now that he's the manager because there's no point now saying we didn't get what we want. We hate this club, this, that. Because in the end, there's nothing we can do about it. And... In the end, Mashiri's not going to listen to all the complaints and then think, right, I've made a move. Sorry, Rafa, you've been here three days, but I'm going to have to sack you. Yeah, well, that's obviously not going to happen. Do you think Mashiri's made the right decision here? Because I think a lot of fans have sort of turned on Mashiri as a result of the decision. I mean, it's no surprise that just the day after this, that obviously some stadium updates come out today. So a lot of people are like, Cynically washing them, pushing them to one side, and you know, I think has Mashiri made a, a bad sort of move in terms of? I think he seems to have damaged his own relationship with the fan base with this decision. He's made a bad move for his own reputation with the fans, yeah. But in the end, let's say Rafa wins us an FA Cup, he restores his reputation, doesn't he? Like, I don't care about his links to Liverpool. If he wins us a trophy, he wins us a trophy. If he gets us Europa League, he gets us Europa League. In the end, it's all about now he has a bad reputation. And, you know, but even people were, you know, look at the crap Hammers were getting when he first joined and stuff like that. He's this, he's that. Why are we picking off Real Madrid's bench? And it's just, I think we can, a lot of us can be, me included, really cynical for just the sake of it and really complain. I do it all the time. I hold my hands up and I'll watch, um, I'll watch Richarlison put three bad performances in. Oh, why didn't we accept the 80 million from Barcelona? 
we all do it, and I think football fans in general do it, but we don't know if Mashiri's made the wrong appointment until Rafa's had a chance to prove Mashiri wrong or prove Mashiri right. Absolutely, I think. What worries me is if it doesn't work out for Benitez and he fails and he's fired an excellent Liverpool manager who's done a terrible job. I don't know how much trust, how sort of how much leeway will fans be willing to give Machiri again if it comes to hiring another manager like a year or two down the line? Yeah, I think if he, this happens, I think Machiri's got to hold his hands up, say, I made a mistake, apologise, and then just give it to Marcel Brands, let Marcel Brands handle it. Because Machiri's gone, I, from what it sounds like, from what Brands has said, he hasn't gone against Marcel Brands. But at first, that's what he was doing, wasn't he? You know, Marcel Brands wasn't really being considered for his opinion. And maybe Benitez turned Brands' opinion around a little bit. But at the same time, we don't really know what was going on in the inner workings of the club. We can only go off reports. But if this fails, you've just got to give Brands the chance. And that's because I don't think Brands is going to walk. He's clearly not. He's said he's interested in working with a winner like Benitez. Benitez has said he's interested in working with Brands. And let's face it, if they fall out, we know who should be the one leaving Benitez, not Brands because Brands is the one who, you know, he's brought in some really good players for the club and he's clearly got a philosophy for the future, you know. he's I believe he's quarantining now because he's been in the Netherlands about a transfer target, which really gets me hopeful that that's Denzel Dumfries, but we'll put that to the side for another conversation. But, yeah, I just think it's... If Mishiri messes this one up, he shouldn't have... Because obviously he makes the final decision, but I think he should hand some power over to Brands next time if he makes a mistake here. Definitely, yeah. Well, that's the only hope fans will have. What if that is if fans is given full reign on that next time? Because for for our sake, I'd like to think there will be a next time, and you know this, or at least not for some time. And hopefully, Benitez makes a success of it. Tactically, um, we touched on. I think the style of play it is he is notoriously defensive. But does does defensive necessarily have to mean negative? I don't. No. For me, I I'm I'm convinced that you can have a low block. And attack well. I don't think the things are mutually exclusive, but for some reason, the football fan community seems to be convinced that low block equals negative football. I think yeah. it depends how quick you are in the transition. <clears throat> so you've seen, like, you can see sort of like managers that do it. Like, we saw it with Angelotti sometimes this season, we were too slow to get out once we were yeah. in the low block. Um, which is not, I don't think that's really Angelotti. It's the tools he's playing with, which is the same for Benitez. I think a lot of his style of play depends on who he brings in this summer. We could do with someone just a little bit more pace and midfielders who are a bit quicker and playing that killer ball for me. If we could make a quick transition, I wouldn't be against, you know, low block, quick transition, counter-attacking football. It's this low block and then a really slow build-up for me that I think if that was the case could... I think I think certain fans I think you know aren't going to turn to it as well, which is my only worry. And like you said, because it's Benitez, he's already got so much going against him before the balls kick. He's got to get it right. He's got to get it right, and he's got to get it right first time. I don't think there'll be any of this. Give him two wins, give him three wins. He's got to have a good first win to get himself any sort of credit in the bank. Yeah. yeah. Um... It depends, really, because I think it's like Connor said with a low block counter-attacking, it depends. You can't make it entertaining if you've got Alex Iwobi on the wing. You know, like, no offence to him, but he's not. none of our players have any 
besides Calvert-Lewin, have any sort of game-changing pace. If you give us, I'm just going to pick Adama Traore, the first fast winger that comes to my head. You know, you give Hamas the ball, because that's, I think, a problem I think we struggled with as well when Hamas even played. I don't think he got the ball enough to play that. So if we play out of the defence into Hamas, a player who we know that on his first touch can send a 30-yard pass with no problem, it depends, doesn't it? It depends on the type of counter-attacking football you play. We don't want to play this slow, get it to the full-back, jog, pass, 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 cross, hope Calvert-Lewin can header it. We want to know that if we have options going forward. So yeah, we can play that through ball to the wing and cross it, but can we also play it through the midfield and then play a through ball through? Can the midfielder shoot from outside the box? It's all about, like Connor said, it's all about the transition and there are managers who've mastered working in the transition. You know, you'll see Leicester will play a Man City or something and they'll counter-attack perfectly. Leicester will play Liverpool, they'll counter-attack perfectly. Liverpool under Klopp, you know, they're a team that, you know, they can control possession, but they're also fantastic in these quick counter-attacks. All we need, in my opinion, is the tools. And in the end, let's hope he's been given the money to sign those tools. Because in the end, I think we could see a massive difference in the way Everton play. If, for example, we have Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, and then a pacey winger, or Digne and Dumfries at full-back, you know, it's all about the personnel. You know, it doesn't matter about, clearly, it doesn't matter about the manager as much as we want it to like obviously they've got to have the tactics right but if Carlo Ancelotti had nothing to work with what's he going to do absolutely but um with that in mind you know you mentioned Benitez coming in and regardless of who the manager is this squad just doesn't get you excited does it no um, I think that's more of a problem I mean that may well make the act fall even quicker on Benitez if it does because I don't know how much of it's going to be Benitez's fault but I don't know because we don't know how much he's got to work with. We don't know who's leaving. We don't know who's coming in. You know, I saw something. I don't know how reliable it is. Something about Zayek, which made me sit back and think, well, that's Hammer's gone then. You know, I don't believe it in the slightest, but it's also this. If, for example, let's say that's true and the winger we're deciding to sign is Hakim Zayek, that's not what we need. What no. we need is it doesn't matter if it was literally a Dama Traore who just runs in a straight line and crosses it in. That will do for us because all we, I actually think all we need is a decent player with a lot of pace. We don't need this world beating winger. He just needs to be a, he needs to be a, you know, a decent enough winger with a lot of pace who can swing in across or can, he do, or can cut inside. It doesn't have to be this really advanced, you know, it doesn't need to be a, it, I can't even think of anyone right now. It doesn't need to be Leroy Sane or some really good winger. It doesn't have to be, this world-class winger, it literally just has to be a winger who can fit the system and direct. can counter-attack well. That's it. That's it. Uh, direct. Sorry, direct and not, not basically running circles like the Wolby does. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like the thing is, it might sound mental, but I, part of me is so desperate now and it might sound mental for just bring back Delafeu for the third time because at least he could, you know, unlike you be, at least he'd dribble past people and score. No, I, I see... Very, I, I mean, Delafeu is a better crosser than Awobi, and that's about where the differences end. I see a lot of similarities <laughs> between them two. I think the two of them were horrific for running down blind alleys. Yeah, but at least Delafeu's got that goal against Middlesbrough. Yeah, true, yeah. That's the thing. He's not even got that. But no, it just needs to be a direct winger with some pace, man. We don't, we don't need a world beater. Watford have got that Sar. He'd be perfect. 
And, you know, Everton fans will love him straight away because of his performance against Liverpool. It's just, it doesn't have to be this really advanced winger. It's like I said, and I'll say it a million times, we could go to the Dutch league, sign a winger with some pace, and he'll probably do a job because all he has to do is be direct and not across the ball. That's it, I think. Everton, this Everton team's been crying out for pace for a long time. No one ever seems to address it. Whether it's Ancelotti, Koeman, you know, Marco Silva, none of them's ever seemed to address it. This problem of a lack of pace on the flanks. It's bad. It's so bad. It's just, it's so slow and it's like, you. it's like, the worst part is it is it's some of the players don't even attempt to run. It's the worst part is like, some of them know they're not that quick, so they don't even attempt to make runs. We just need someone who will be constantly... For example, we signed a right winger who's constantly running at the left-back and not giving him any room to breathe for most of the game, and that's it. You know, because in the end, our best attacking sources when it comes to going forward are all left-backs. And it's just... I don't get it. And in the end, it's up to Rafa now, and I hope that Rafa can see something like that. And maybe he looks at this squad, looks at his Newcastle squad and goes, you know what this needs? And Alan St. Maximin, and I'm not saying sign St. Maximin because it costs like 50 million. Someone in that mould. Someone someone in that mould would be perfect. That fits right in. And if, for example, if it is a St. Maximin, can play as a secondary playmaker to Hamas, and it's perfect. It's just, I don't think it's a difficult signing. I think that's the... You know, one there are I, plenty of options. I, could take I mean, blocks. there's one that is literally screaming out right now because Man United have basically said, "Here you go, he's been replaced." Dan James? No, not for me. It's but in the end, it is not powerful enough. He's not powerful enough. He'll get knocked, I, gets knocked off the ball. He does get knocked off the ball, but in modern football, that also leads to more fouls. And in the end, if you've got, for example, we have Dan James. Don't get fouls. We're not Man United. We won't get those fouls. Yeah, Everybody's won't give us them. Yeah, but then also, for example, we signed Dumfries and Dan James. Does Dumfries not offer that power that you want? Like, in the totally. end, exa- it all depends, doesn't it? Like, if, for example, if you're right, if we don't bring in Dumfries, then don't bring in someone like a Dan James who, who doesn't have much power. But also, you know, it all depends, doesn't it? You know, he's impressed for Wales. He's been fantastic for Wales. It's, so it's like, but I, like, I get what you mean. You don't really trust international tournaments. But in the end, it all depends on what we can get, doesn't it? Definitely, I think. But we can definitely get better than Dan James. Even if, like you say, someone more direct. I think Dan James is quick, but is he direct? I think I, I want a player with a lot of power as well. I want a player who's hard to knock off the ball. Sam Maximins is a good a good sort of example of that, I think. I'm a Traore, yeah. Traore, Traore, any of those type of players. Players who are big as well as quick. They need yeah. to be. They need to be hard to knock off the ball. I don't want a lightweight winger. Danny Lafayette who falls in the Dan James category for me as well. Why I wouldn't have him? I think they're too easy to knock off the ball. I don't want players who go who who, who aren't strong enough to hold their own. You know, it's a yeah. tough league, the Premier League. Look right, at Timo yeah, Werner at Chelsea. But do you, Jaden Sancho's not some big strong winger, and I can I can put the guarantee down. No, he's going to come in and be fantastic. It's just. I guess the problem is Dan James doesn't know how to use his body enough to... That's what I mean, use the body. Yeah. Like, for example, you know, you didn't see it much with Delafeu, but he was a bit better than Dan James because he knew every now and again you'd see he knew how to use his body, he knew how to give you a quick faint and then leave you. But with, like, an Iwobi, 
Iwobi can give that faint, but then there's no speed whatsoever. So he just keeps fainting and keeps fainting and eventually loses it. And it's just, uh, you know, if we if we Googled it, we could probably find 20 to 25 wingers who'd go, he'd do a job. Look yeah, at that. Um, absolutely. I, look at that Dakar who's just signed for Leicester. I bet he could do a job on the right wing. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to even... I think it depends on what Rafa wants to do because he might want the left winger in Richarlison who cuts in and scores, right winger who runs and crosses. You know, it all depends on what Rafa wants. We don't exactly know what Rafa wants, so we've just got to go off what we've seen from other players. So I guess it all depends. But in the end, the one thing that's going to save Rafa's job is a good transfer window. Yeah, but the thing is, I think every player we sign, or at least almost every player, needs to have pace. You can't have turgid, slow football because, I mean, there was even Ancelotti, and with all his credit in the bank, was getting a lot of detractors towards the end of the season with the way the football was played and the poor results and performances. Rafa Benitez won't last a fraction of that time well. if he replicates what Ancelotti did in the second half of last season. Um. That's what he. Every player Benitez brings in needs to be fast. Yeah, fast because in the end, on though, his feet and in the end, has- that's what we need, isn't it? That's we don't need another attacking midfielder. We don't need. I don't think we need another centre back personally. But you know, I, so. I know a lot of people are saying it. But in the end, Godfrey's only going to develop more, and he's going. I think he's going to have even more of a chip on his shoulder after being left out for Ben White, who let's face facts. Any football mm, fan who's watched game. five Everton games knows which centre back is better, you know. So it's just, it's just about getting that pace in the team. And so for a dumb Dumfries and random winger with some pace, that's it. And then maybe that Nunes from Sporting, someone who's going to drive the ball up the field. Because let's face it, we know we're not getting thirty-eight games a season from James Rodriguez. We know we're getting maybe twenty-five to thirty from him, and that's about max. He looks off as well, Hamas. He looks like AC Milan's nearly a done deal, from what I'm reading. I'd, if I was Everton, I've seen the Rafael Liao links, and I know it's not straight swap, but give him Hamas in a bit of cash for him, because clearly he sat there thinking, I've got to sit behind a 30 bloody, a geriatric old Ibrahimovic, who, don't get me wrong, can still score goals for fun. But it's just about AC Milan have got a lot of players in that squad who we could look at and go, he'll do us a job. You really yeah. want Hammers, do you? How about you do as a swap and help us out? So it's just about negotiating well, isn't it? Because in the yeah, end... One, one sec, lad, sorry. Oh, this club is fucking shambles. <laughs> I love that we just randomly stopped and recorded. I was like, what a load of fucking shit. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's just it's shy, fucking man. Joke. It's all all of us are sat here like with different ideas of what to fix it because we're that fucked. We are gone. We're finishing 14th next season under Rafa, and it's just he goes. Then Simon Jordan said success for us is like top 10, and then he's like finishing 10th. And yeah, he's but... like, and that'd be a success for us. Do Rafa. you know what the thing is though? I think we can surely finish above Tottenham. I don't think we're finishing above Arsenal now because it looks like they're getting their wallets out. But, like, I think we can finish above Tottenham because, in the end, even if Harry Kane stays, Harry Kane is going to just sit down and go, fuck this, I've had enough. Like, look at how shit he's been for England. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I say... Anyway, anyway, there's just... What we rambling on about before? Pace. 
Oh yeah, just Pace, a basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what, I can't remember what we were on. Um, we were on about... Um, fuck. Uh, we just mentioned... Hammers, wasn't it? You just mentioned Hammers to AC Milan. Hammers and Lundwell, that's it, yeah. So, just carry on where we were going there. Yeah. Uh, just, just, uh, what else come back here in a second. Uh, well, I mentioned swapping a few players. That's so, right, yeah. That. so, yeah, with AC Milan, yeah, we'll come back in now. Uh, whoever's at the next will come back in. So, <laughs> with regards to AC Milan, uh, is there anyone else other than Leal that you consider for a swap? Realistically, I'm trying to go through the squad now. Um, if we needed a centre back, I don't know if they'd be willing to get rid of him. That Rom Agnoli's been quite hyped up for years. Um, there's quite a lot, but they, you know they've got a really good midfield. But I feel like we're good in midfield unless Hamez goes. You know, maybe see if there's another playmaker in the squad because in the end, you know, it it's a research thing, isn't it? But clearly, you know, the team that I've just finished, I think they did. They end up finishing second or uh, third. Um, I think. I don't you know, know. I, but I do know they've got like if I go through the squad here, there's yeah, a, AC, AC came second in the end, yeah. Yeah, so there's Reb Rebic, he isn't the quickest, but he'll do I think he'd do a lot better job than what we have now. There's Hafael Leao. I think it would be Leao or Rebic, really. You know, I didn't I thought this squad was a lot better than it actually looks, but it looks like because there's another one, there's I'm not even the Belgian salad makers. Yeah, I don't think makers. they wouldn't sell him. I don't think there's no chance they'd get rid of him. As I don't no. even know how good is he? He's pretty you know what he is? He's one, I think he is what we need. He's good at... I, think I remember him right. He's good at taking a man on. I don't think he's like electric with pace, but he's quick enough to handle the Premier League. He's definitely quick enough. It's just... I look at this AC Milan squad, and don't get me wrong, What have, what's the rumoured price? Is it 15 million euros, I think? Between now, uh, it's like 10 and 20, isn't it? Yeah. I'd rather just, just get a swap deal with another club. Like Leal who else? Would be good. He'd play on the wing as well. Leal would be a really sensible one for us. Yeah, um, but he'd be like he wouldn't be a winger we've just talked about. He'd be more like a bit more like the Moyes Keane type of winger that he plays at you know at PSG where he's your more inside forward. Um, then you know you're crossing wing, you're out and out. Also, you've also got someone to fill in for Calvert Lewin in the events of an injury there as well. If you do that, yeah, yeah exactly. And towards the end, he looked he looked really tired, Calvert Lewin, towards the end of last season. Basically, Leao would be a straight replacement for Josh King, to be honest, wouldn't he? Except he'd actually play. Except that, yeah. 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 Which is just... I don't know. I think he's it... slightly better standard as well. Yeah, well, yeah definitely, think, yeah, but yeah. Just just a little yeah. bit. But he'd be replacing that role that King had in the team, only that it was Ancelotti's choice to not play him. I mean, I can't imagine he's been amazing, but I still think he should have got a bit more game time than he got. I'm just glad we gave him the six-month contract. They're not like a four-year deal or something silly like that. Steve Walsh was still a year, would have been. I'm trying, I'm trying to think. Who were the three clubs? Because there were three clubs about Hammers, wasn't there? I feel like it was Atletico. AC Milan. AC Milan. And was it Napoli? Might be Napoli. Because sure. if it's Napoli, see if we can convince them to give us that Lozano. He is, he is really fast. He's really fast. He's a really good player as well. I remember him being really good like this season. I think he like he started his little career revival under Ancelotti, which is why we started getting linked to him in Ancelotti's reign. But then obviously Ancelotti saw money in his eyes, left us, and now he's getting hit by the tax man. So 
what is actually going on with that as well? It's just like that, that saga's just become really crazy. I mean, I literally think he just stepped into Spain. They thought, oh, you can just come back here without paying your taxes, can you? And just hit it on him straight away. Mad He's that. not the first one, though, is he, that's been caught out for Spanish tax. There's a couple of them that get caught Neymar out. Neymar. And... Yeah. Even Messi, I think. Yeah, I was going to say Messi. I remember Messi being um, spoken about. It's just... It's a mental situation, but in the end, it's, you know... It's kind of what he gets in it. You know, leaving really? us on for a year and then just as soon as the... I mean, we should have all seen it coming. Because it there was no way someone like Carlo Ancelotti enjoyed Crosby Beach as much as he said he did. I don't think we expected it so soon. No, I think I think that's the ultimate one with the Benitez appointment that um you know that people were saying in defence to Farhad for picking Benitez, uh, and I think he said it today on Talk Sport that you know Angelotti really left the club in like an unknown circumstance, and Benitez's CV out of who was you know linked with us heavily as the best CV. Um, and just convenience, obviously, he lives in Coldy. It's incredibly close. It was more convenience, and he has the better CV than the likes of Martinez, Moyes, Graham Potter, who's linked for a bit. Um, you know, he's won stuff that they haven't. So, but I got the feeling when Farhad was saying it, it was basically like uh, almost like a panic of the best bunch because it wasn't a great selection of managers. Obviously, Conte was the biggest name floating around, but. I, as soon as he said he didn't want the Spurs job because of the mentality, I thought he's looking for you know a Real Madrid. He's, 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 he wouldn't come. He wouldn't come here. The same no. problem here that there is there. No yeah, chance. I thought there's no way he's watching uh, Gilfie Sigerson or Fabian Delph put their heads down and just start walking around Goodison Park. So, <laughs> but um, you know, apart from that though, there's no you know there's no out. There was no world class. You know, like Carlo Ancelotti was a bit of a coup for us. There was no manager other than Conte that would have had that similar oh, wow, this is fantastic. This is brilliant. Uh, don't get me wrong, there could have been better options than Benitez, but his CV looked the best out of the selected. Yeah, it, well, it probably was. Um, with, that, with that in mind, I mean, I'm, I'm not too, like, it's not Benitez's fault like, that he, he's managed Liverpool before, you know. It's like, you know, circumstances have come around. You know, you've had managers of, like, you know, like AC Milan into swap managers all the time and, you know, the, the it happens. I think. I think you know you 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 had like play, players and managers from Madrid and Barcelona swap, um, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We just got to hope it's the the former rather than the latter in this case. Um, yeah, definitely. I think moving moving forward, though, I think we think we've touched on it a lot in this show. Anyway, is how well Rafa Benitez does here, regardless of what's happened in the past with Liverpool and what he said or what he's done in China or whatever, what will be the success or failure sort of gauge for Rafa Benitez will be his transfers and the sort of the way we play basically next season. And it, it all comes down to that. So with that in mind... I think all eyes have got a turn now to the transfer window. It's annoying to see a few teams already have got their business done or got, you know, early business done and we've only just announced the manager. It's quite frustrating. Um it's 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 quite irritating. So Rafa and Marcel Brands have got to get the skates on really, really quickly. Get some players in pre season starts again on Monday, I think, doesn't it? Yeah, well I think 
I'm guessing Brands is already on that because he's isolating right now from being in the Netherlands about a transfer target. So, you know, I think everyone thinks it's Denzel Dumfries, but we don't exactly know. We're not completely sure. Ricky Van Oh, no. It's, yeah, we'll all think it's Denzel Dumfries and then it's going to be like, it's just going to be someone who where everyone's going to look and just go, who? And it's just... But no, I have faith in Brands. I think he's good at his job and I think he does bring in the best people for the job. So in the end, let's just have hope. Let's, maybe it's just the sort of thing where maybe Nunes is done now. Maybe it's about meeting with Rafa and sorting everything out with him. Maybe now it's talking, getting Dumfries to talk to Rafa. Getting, let's just hope it is that because there is the possibility that we've got a few lined up now and it's just up to Rafa if he wants them or not, isn't it? Yeah, you'd like to think that maybe held some talks. In the back of the mind, that they knew the manager was going to be, and hopefully, it's imperative that we get some deals done in the next week or two. Just, I think, as well as you know, you've released the stadium update today, and I think that's a bit of a you know, cynically, you'll say that's a bit of an attempt to appease fans. But the only way you can genuinely appease fans if who aren't happy with the Benitez appointments. Is to start announcing signings, announce signings that will improve our team and will give us the best chance of getting results because then better results will improve Benitez's standing amongst the fan base and that, that, that'll get us into quite, that'll, be, that'll go quite some way, I think, to healing any sort of fractures that have come up in the fan base because of this announcement. I think if Benitez can get the right men in and you can do a good job, then that reflects well on him and Fans will warm to them with good results and good performances. Yeah, yeah, well, the anticipation as well. If we get someone in who's exciting and the fans are looking forward to, it'll take the attention off Benitez. So instead of looking at it as Benitez's first game, a lot of fans can go, oh, I can't wait to see so-and-so play. And it just sort of the, you know takes a hit away from Benitez because at the minute, as it stands, no signings at all. It, you know, The first game is all Benitez's first game. Whereas if you've got someone who's a bit excited, maybe a winger, you know, or even Dumfries who looks really good at the Euros, it takes it takes that little bit of a hit. Fans are then excited for something else other than, you know, Rafa. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all about, like, it's, I think it'll just stop any sort of... It won't be as toxic, basically, if there is any sort of toxicity amongst the stadium. You know, we've got Southampton on the opening day. Uh, fans back in Goodison, you don't want it to be toxic for Benitez's first game, and it could be if we don't get it right. But if we do get it right, the atmosphere will probably be good. Um, you know, might get us off to a good start, and then that that sort of again sort of makes things a bit easier for Rafa to do his own job and hopefully get us moving forward. But it's, it's imperative, basically, that to improve the mood around the club now. Regardless of whether Benitez does well or not, he's got to start bringing in some signings because that will start a bit more of a field of factor amongst the fans again and build up to the new season. It needs to come and it needs to come quickly. Yeah, it definitely does. But even if you look at the, our fixtures, you know, we you know we play Southampton, Leeds, Brighton, Burnley, Villa, Norwich, then Man United. Villa and Leeds being the two tough games there, but realistically, why can we not win every single game there? You know, it's not like none of these clubs blow us out of the water, you know. Maybe some structures, what's good to beat Leeds. I mean, look at the way we played against Leeds in, I think it was at Elland Road when we beat them or at Goodison. In February, Elland Road, yeah, yeah. we won. 
Villa, you know, Villa have got a fantastic team, Grealish, Buendia now, but in the end, these are, there's no team there that should blow us out of the water. There's no team there that we don't have a realistic chance of beating if Rafa comes in, has a system, has the players he wants, and hopefully has some of the dignity that he had in the early 2010s, late 2000s, even at, during some of his Newcastle job, because he did do a good job with no budget. And in the end, people say, oh, Steve Bruce has done a better job. Steve Bruce has had £100 million to spend. Rafa Benitez, I don't even barely had £10 million to spend. So in the end, it's just we've got to give him a chance at first. If he has a clangor at this early season, then at least we can get him out. If we can, if he does really bad, just get him out before January. Give a new manager January to make summer happen. And then we'll just have to move on again, won't we? But all we can, all we can pray for is Rafa to do well now. And it's just all these people are saying Rafa out. You've just got to give him a chance because in the end, all we want is for Everton to win, no matter who the manager is. That's it. I just want to. I just want to see Everton have a better season than they did last time. I want to see us playing in Europe next se- the season after. That's all that matters. We missed out on Europe, and that's a disgrace for me. With the squad we had and the manager we had, we should have got Europe last year, and it didn't happen. If Benitez can deliver that, then I'm sure all's forgiven. Yeah, it definitely is. Absolutely, I think we'll leave it at that anyway, guys. My name is Thomas, back on the channel with some more Rafa Benitez reaction for you. Joined today by Mike from the Unholy, Unholy Trinity podcast. Couldn't quite get that out there. Mike, uh, thanks for coming back on the channel. How are you doing? More than welcome, mate. Yeah, not, not too bad, thank you. Been a, been a busy sort of 24, 48 hours for, for the Blues on more than one front. So we uh, look forward to discussing our new manager. Yeah, certainly. It's, a, it's been a very polarising appointment. Probably the appointment that, I mean, at the end of the day, the majority did not want. There is a, there is a minority of fans who are going to be happy with the with the appointment. We're going to obviously kind of address. There will be some positives. Uh, it's not all negative. And personally, I, when the news first came out, I was livid. I can't understand why they've gone from, especially considering there were other options, the likes of Nuno Espirito Santo, who, who, by the sounds of the rumours in the papers, didn't quite impress them enough in his interview. I'm not really sure what Benitez has said to them that was so impressive compared to uh, Nuno, but Mike, just kind of just your your general reaction to the whole point. We've we've known it's been coming for a few days now, but it is now official. So, what are your initial thoughts? Um, I think when it, when he he first became the front runner and it was becoming ever evident um, as the days went on that he was going to be the the man to get the job. I think obviously you always naturally, however you how much you want to say, you put it to the back of your mind and you don't consider it. Naturally, you go back to the fact that he he's a former Liverpool manager. Um, I think naturally for some people you, you go back to the fact that he said certain things going back 15 years ago, whatever it might have been, and um, so that, it's always going to come into your mind. However, however much people have been saying that it, it doesn't, and the biggest concern is you know he hasn't done a great deal or hasn't, hasn't had much success in recent years. That's always going to come into Everton fans' minds. You can't you can't push it away. It's just part and parcel. Of the process, um, so initially when he obviously when he became the front runner, obviously like yourself a little bit angry, thinking what what are we doing? You know, what this this is not an, an appointment which is massively divisive. Um, there's you know the the, the board or the, the rumours from the board are that they want to appoint someone to bring in some stability with the run off to to Bramley Moor to make sure let's get it right that we're in the Premier League. That that's the that's the first concern. 
when it comes to getting investors into to the new ground and make sure we're in the Premier League. And they want to bring someone in who knows the league, who's managed various teams in it, has had varied success uh, with those teams. Um, so they've gone down that particular road. But I don't really get that because of the fact of it is a divisive appointment. We saw the protests in terms of the, the bed sheets outside the ground and you know, going that one step too far by, by putting banners up not far from his home, which was just ridiculous. Um, so it was never, ever going to be an appointment or a room that was going to satisfy the bulk of the fans. Let, let's get it right. And, you know, if we do put to one side the fact that he's a former Liverpool manager, the fact that he won the Champions League with Liverpool, uh, the fact that he made certain comments, you know, which are, are important to some people. Um, you know, we have to just look at what he's done in recent times and obviously didn't do a great deal in China. Took over at Newcastle to try and save them and couldn't save them and took them down, brought, obviously brought them straight back up. Um, did okay. I think he got a bit of a free ride at Newcastle, to be honest, because yeah, Newcastle fans don't like Mike Ashley. Um, so he was always going to get a bit, a bit of a free ride there and fans obviously are, are quite affectionate towards him. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, certainly didn't want him to come in. Certainly wasn't in the top ten or top twenty managers to come in. You know, if it's if it's Benitez of say 10, 12 years ago, then obviously I think he's probably a bit more open to it because of the fact that he had success not not a lot a long time before then. But I think now those days are probably behind him. Um, but listen, as we just said before we started recording, this is what it is. We we, we can't change it. Mm. Uh, no, no matter what we do, you know, it's not going to change what the board have decided. Uh, he's in. Um, he's he's spoken to numerous players. Jordan Pickford has said today he's, he's been in contact with him and Calvert-Lewin spoken to him as well. Um, all, all the talk is he's a football man. You know, eats, breeds, sleeps football. Um, all you can do now is give him a chance. It's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I wasn't happy when the appointment was rumoured. I wasn't happy when it was made. But moving forward, I mean, there's nothing we can do. He's the manager now. There were, you know, some, as, as you mentioned, with the, with the bed sheet protest or whatever they were, they didn't work. The board clearly, you know, weren't particularly interested in the voices of the fans. He is now the manager. And that is something we are going to have to get used to. I think I, I agree that, you know, it is a slight concern. He went to China, really didn't do a lot, ended up coming back, of course, it was under tricky circumstances, was during the pandemic, away from your family, all sorts like that. There's a lot going on in China, I think, at the moment as well, with how much money they're actually allowed to pump into the side as well. I know there's been a lot of changes over that in the past few years. You look at his time at Newcastle, yeah, okay, very difficult circumstance. I think he walked away from Newcastle with, you know, a, a profit in his net spend, which you really don't see many managers do, if, if, if at all, these days. So it's clear that at Newcastle, he... He, he did he, okay. He did. He didn't win anything. He didn't get in the top off. He really didn't kind of push that far. But he, he was under very limited circumstances. I'm interested to see what he can do with a with a, a more expansive budget. Of course, Andy Castle, as I mentioned, as you mentioned as well, Mike Ashley. You know, tricky man. The Newcastle fans don't like him. Clearly, wasn't an easy man to deal with. But maybe with a larger budget, we'll we'll maybe see some improvement on that. But regardless of the the Liverpool links, we, we all know we're all disappointed by them. There are some positives, of course. I'm not sure if you've read the Athletic article today. They speak about, you know, he has his own database on players that, you know, he has clips going back years and years. He's been known to, you know, sleep at training grounds sometimes. He's clearly a very meticulous manager, likes to be very involved, which by the sounds of it, towards the end of Ancelotti's time in charge, it was more, you know, his son, he was leading the training ground 
uh, you know, lead the training uh, for the players. Seems like Benitez is a lot more hand on, hands on. He clearly loves football. So there, there are clearly, you know, some positives to take from it. And we've seen how he's improved players as well. I've got to say, while he was at Newcastle, the likes of Jamal Lascelles, the likes of, you know, Rondon even then. And, and, you know, I mean, you could argue Perez, he went for a massive fee just after he left, which I'll never truly understand. But he does develop players. And while he was at Newcastle, he did get the most out of the players that he did have. So we know we're disappointed, Mike, but what do you see as the positives for him, you know, coming in now? Um, it's, it's, it's difficult really, isn't it? Because I think the, the difficult part about it is because of how divisive it is, I think that he's not going to be probably awarded time or any kind of buffer to get things right. And, you know, I think with, with the start that we've got, the fixtures that we've got, they're fairly favourable. So there'll be an expectation on any mind, whether it was, it was Ancelotti or obviously Benitez, the fact that, you know, the, the games that really, you know, you could argue... On our, on our day, we should be winning all of those games. Obviously, it doesn't happen that way. They're going to be, there's some difficulty and sticky fixes in there. Um, but I think, you know, Everton fans have almost just got to, got to reset a little bit and just, just think, okay, the board have been put in a difficult position in terms of no one saw, and they certainly didn't foresee, Carlo Ancelotti leaving in the summer. You know, it was all a case of we were all, you know, back end of the season, weren't happy, obviously, with the, the loss to Man City. Um, and, and missed out on European football and where we finished but you know we all thought Carlo would get a, a summer transfer window under his belt another one and bring in a bit more quality and we can kick on and keep the likes of Hammers and, and people like that um, but that's not to be and the board have been, have been put in a, in a difficult spot there and, and had to obviously bring, bring a new manager in um, I think in terms of in terms of positives I think it's great the fact that it looks like all fans are going to be back in on the first first game of the season. That's a positive. And for me, it's not worthwhile going in after the last 15, 18 months that we've had and going in there and booing the man and giving him grief from, from minute one and things like that. Let's remember what we've all been through, what we're still going through. You know, the fact that we're going to be back at football grounds to support our club. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's in charge. It's Everton. It's you know there are players. Let's back them, um, and, and let's let's see what he can do. At the end of the day, like I said, we, we can't change it. So there's absolutely no point now going into the ground and and voicing any kind of dissent or concerns and things like that. It's not on him. It's not it's not his fault. He's he's been brought in technically. He didn't make the decision to to be hired by the club. That's on the board. Uh, now whether that was Mashiri and and Osmanoff as a as a, an advisor, if you like. Um, whether Marcel Brams was on board or not, um, you know, it seems that probably Bill Kenwright maybe wasn't, uh, because he's obviously the historical elements of it. But it's on the board why he was appointed, not on the man himself. So you, you've got to put to the back of your mind that you know he's ex-Liverpool, you know he's managed Chelsea, Newcastle, Napoli, Real Madrid. He's, he's managed all these sides. And I think what we what we need to try and do is. You know, try and tap into that experience that he that he has got. We don't know how it's going to turn out. You know, we could be in the same situation in in, in eighteen months, which I hope that we're not. And if we're not, it, it shows he's doing he's doing a good job. Um, a lot of people are saying, well, not a lot of people, but I've seen people say, you know, they love us to, to lose the first five six games so we can get in the sack. Well, what's the point? Of, what's the point of that? What is what is the point of that? I, I I'd love to see him win win us trophies. And take us to Bramley more as a very successful side. That's what I want to see because I want Everton Football Club to be successful and win trophies, no matter who is in charge. That that's that's how it is. 
Um, for me, he's, he's got to be given this, the same grace and time that Carlo Ancelotti was given. At the end of the day, you know, we, we've been through, uh, you know, uh, a superstar manager with Ancelotti. We've been through up-and-coming managers like Marco Silva, Martinez before, before then. We've been through names like Ronald Koeman. And not, nothing has worked. So that's not worked. So let's just give him the chance. Let him try and, and obviously build through this summer and try and build, build his own side. Let him get rid of, of obviously some, some deadwood as well. And, and, and let's, see, let's see where we go. You know, we've just got to... We always say on our podcast about giving managers time and, and it, it is really, really key. You know, we've been forced into the position of having a new manager. He's a man who's being picked. So let's afford him the time to, to try and build a side and try and make us a success going forward. That, that's all that I can really say. I, you know, I, don't, I, I can't tell people what to think. You know, people think what they think. Some people don't want to go to the game. Well, don't go to the game. You know, it's, it's up to yourself, really. You know, other people will go to the game in your place. It's not a problem. But, you know, people have got their own opinions. Some people can't let it go, the fact that he's former Liverpool. Um, that's up to them. Totally up to them. But all I'd say is anyone who does go to the ground, you know, from the first game of the season, let's back the team. End of the day, that's our, that's our team. It's our club. We're there to support them, no matter who's in the dugout. Simple as that. Yeah. Absolutely, I, I completely agree. And I think something that is important as well, which in, in the kind of turbulence of Machiri's era where we're having managers every year, something we haven't really seen is finally we are going to get some kind of tactical continuity between the two managers. We know Ancelotti, I mean, we all know what Ancelotti's style was, you know, sit back, protect the lead, or play on the counter. It's basically exactly the same as Benitez. So from a, you know, a tactical, from a system perspective, that's going to be easier for the players, especially those who are going to have shorter pre-seasons than others because of European football, of course. We have seen coming off the back of European football in the past when, well, when the World Cup was on, we had players come in who weren't ready to bed in and then they were missing at the start of the season. We were picking up injuries. Now we've got that kind of tactical continuity. It's going to be a similar system. We're going to play with a similar mindset. I do think that's going to benefit the squad at this point. Whether that was something the board were really looking for, I'm not convinced. It seems like the, the, the blokes that have appointed Benitez were not the footballing blokes at the, uh, at the club and instead, you know, the, the big names like Mashiri and Osmanov. But... That, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that tactical continuity, which is going to help in the pre-season. It's going to help in the shorter pre-season. And something that has been mentioned now is transfer strategy. We know that Marcel Brands wasn't at the announcement yesterday because he was quarantining after returning from the Netherlands on business. It, it sounds like that's got something to do with transfers. Mm-hmm. We've linked with Denzel Dumfries in the past, of course, the Dutch right-back, who he was doing very well at the tournament. They obviously went out uh, very early. So, Mike... Big summer ahead now. Benitez has already said where you know he knows his transfer strategy. Where are you saying we need to improve? Maybe you know two or three positions where Benitez has to be looking at now in the summer to really help us push on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think most definitely the, the right hand side was key. You know, in terms of certainly getting someone in at right back. We know, we know Seamus Coleman has done a great job. Of course, he has, and, and he'll still do a decent job for his next season. But we, we definitely need so, someone in on that right hand side. Whether you you want to see it as backup or someone to take over the mantle. Of the uh, you know of a, of our, our future right back if you like um, that's that's mo- most definitely a position I think the right hand side in front of, of that as well needs needs to be improved um, you know a, a lot though depends on on who goes I mean I've just got a sneaky suspicion that we will see one of the, the one of the assets go now whether that's that's Luca Dean uh, Richardson's probably the one that you think is is going to be the one to, to move on. Personally, could, could be totally wrong, you know, but only going off what was said last summer, the fact that Carlo got him to stay 
Um, I think maybe Richardson could be the one who, who's moved on. And if he is, and what we'll then see is we'll then uh, we'll then see probably someone on the left hand side come in, backup striker for Dominic Calvert Lewin potentially. Um, you know, there, there was talk that we've been linked to a striker, Swiss striker. Uh, as of as of last night as well, um, so yeah, I think the right hand side is is key. You know, if Alan goes, then you, you're going to be a centre mid short. Um, we don't know how Jean Philippe Gabamon's going to react to 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 a full pre season with a bit of luck. So it's it's going to be difficult. Um, it just depends on on who we who we're going to move on. You know, I really think that that's going to play play into into the thinking. Of course, it will do. But right hand side is key. Another centre mid. Who's, who's a bit more dynamic. Um, if Hammers moves on, it's, it's looking more and more likely he's off to, to AC Milan. So you, you're going to want to try and get someone who's creative in because if you take him out of our side, that, that's that's a massive, massive void to fill. I know people will argue he's only fit for, say, two-thirds, maybe maybe three-quarters of the of the season or of our Premier League games. But what he was doing, his numbers were good and his assists were good, his goals were good for the time he was on the pitch. So that's a massive void to fill. Um, who can come in and do that kind of job? Who knows? You know, it all, all depends whether they're going to look to bring in, say, another superstar in May, or they're going to look to bring in, you know, a more, up, you know, young up and coming name, someone in, in the mould or in in the category and, and bracket of a Ben Godfrey kind of age, and give them the chance to to come in and and say and you know put their stamp on the sides. But right hand side definitely, I'd say another centre mid definitely. Um, and a backup striker or another striker to push Dominic Calvert Lewin. Yes, I mean you can argue goalkeeper, you know, like Sir Romero or also maybe back back to push push Pickford really helped helped us out. I think the second half of the season I thought Pickford was was exceptional and he's continued it into the European Championship. So we always need players who can push the player in front of them because that way the performances do tend to improve. But it's a big summer. And it, it's going to be dictated, I think, by who who moves on. And I think there could be quite a few names out, out the door, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I completely agree with what you said about, you know, having to improve that that right-hand side. I think we need a, a starting right-back now. I think if we were going to sign a backup, I don't think it would make that much sense because we know Coleman's probably only got a few years left, you know, at, a, at, a, at, a, at an acceptable level. So I think you need a start at right-back. That, that would be my first position I'd go for. After that, I completely agree with the right-hand side. We definitely need a winger. We haven't really got many proper wingers of quality in the squad. You know, you look at proper wingers like Bernard, but he likes to come inside. Awobi likes to come inside. Richardson, we know he likes to play at striker. It's, it's an interesting situation where we don't really actually seem to have that many actual wingers at the club. And it's definitely something we need. Someone who's going to take on a man. Someone who's going to cause problems to a back line. And that, that they will be my priorities. I understand the calls for a... A central midfielder as well, just add more creativity in there, really, because I, you know, I, I love the signs of Decore and Alan, but they're, they're not particularly creative players. And if you're having to put Gomez as your creative outlet there, I'm not positive for the rest of the season, and definitely. And and I think the goalkeeper is almost a position that it's almost a given. I think they're going to get someone, whether it is Olsen or Ramiro, they do seem to be the uh, the two big names. But I completely agree there in terms of transfer strategy. We don't know what's going to happen with Moise Keane yet. A lot of talk about him going out on loan again, which would be a moronic move by the club just get the money from now he doesn't want to play for us move him on get good money he had a good season at PSG and then we'll see where we go from there but we'll have to see what happens with that but that, that, it, it's going to be an interesting summer definitely apparently Benitez does have a clear transfer strategy in mind so we'll have to see how that 
plays out, especially considering we know Marcel Brands has said in the past, whenever there's an international tournament on, it's always trickier um, when, when you're trying to make signings. And we've still got, you know, the likes of Yerry Mina uh, and, and Richardson away at the Copa America. So it's all going to take time for the squad to come back together. But hopefully it works out. And that pretty much brings us to the end of the video. Mike, have you got kind of any, any round off thoughts you want to say just before we end the video? No, as I said before, you know, it's, it's going to be a case of, you know, we, we've just got to, got to get on with things. We've got to try and support the manager as best we can. Um, and, you know, let's, let, let's hopefully see, see a, a, a better season than last season. And, and, you know, we're not going to improve or, or be any better by giving the man, giving the man stick week in, week out. We, we've, got to, we've got to just look now to put us at the back of our minds. Let's see what he can do. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, it is what it is. We've just got to, just got to back the man in. And let's see, let's see where it takes us. Yeah, uh, completely agree. I mean, uh, completely agree. Even you know, may as well back him from the start. If it goes wrong, we've seen fans turn on managers before. That's what happens. Criticise him when he gets something wrong. If he's doing something right, and we're winning games of football, we're pushing a European football, potentially even a trophy. I mean, what are you meant to do? You can't. You can't still complain. Then you can't keep getting at the manager. You know. So I'd say you know, back him from the start. If things go wrong, if he's losing games of football, then you absolutely can criticise him like every other manager ever. But. That does bring us to the end. Thanks to Mike for joining me. Thank you all very much for watching and join us next time on the Toffee Blues.